You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 42 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Pacelli. With me today is Vicki Stokes. Hello. How are you, Vicki? I'm doing great. How are you? Okay. Unfortunately, Suze will not be able to join us today. She had a family emergency she had to tend to. So we send our best wishes to her. Hope everything goes well. Um, one other thing I wanted to also mention to the listeners is this will be the last episode of the year. Being the holiday season, it gets to be a little bit hectic for most people, both for us and for the listeners. So this will be the last one for 2013. When we come back in January, we're going to change our schedule just a little bit. Instead of recording every other week, we're going to publish every three to four weeks. I think that's going to make it a little bit, a little bit easier for us. And we'll just see how that works out, and we'll you know do a few episodes, and we'll we'll take it from there. And I hear that uh, the dogs have joined us. Yes, they have. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a podcast without without their input. So, so today we wanted to talk about Mac and iOS apps that we like that are ten dollars or less. These are apps that we don't necessarily use every day. We might only use them once a month or once every couple of months, but when we do use them, they're the right they're the right app for the job, and they're our go to app for the particular purpose that they serve. So, Vicky, do you want to get us started? I by saying that all of mine are for the Mac because lately I've been using my Mac, um, my personal Mac at work. Um, so I found some apps that you know the, the, the requirement is $9.99 and below and of course you can find tons of things at that price on the iOS devices but uh, when I was compiling my list of things that I use on a regular basis and the new things that I found uh, they all were for the Mac. Uh, my first one is um, Reggie Ashworth's app delete. Um, I'm a stickler for space on my little small MacBook Air um, I don't like having a lot of applications or even files that are serving a purpose for me. So I'm constantly going through and trying to get rid of everything related to things that um, are just useless. You know, I don't want to have, you know, the cruft and crap that comes along with um, installing an application. And you should get rid of the application. You got the data still there. You got the folders still there. This little app is wonderful. It um, uninstalls just about any application, widgets, uh, even preference planes, plugins, anything that's associated with, with uh, uh, files uh, that of an, of an application, and taking up space on your computer. Uh, you don't even have to worry about it anymore. You just drag it onto the app delete a little. Uh, icon and it makes that little zipping kind of sound. I love the way it sounds when it mm-hmm. when it deletes the stuff, and it's just a must-have. Um, they have a light version, and I believe they have one um, where you have to actually purchase a license for it. It does a bit more things, um, and uh, I don't have that. Well, it's seven ninety nine. He also has a free version. Uh, that's the light version. 
$7.99 uh, version is uh, has a bunch of new features. Um, it's a new user interface. It works from Mavericks backwards. It has some kind of new search algorithm. It's compatible with the Retina display. It's a, it's a bunch of new features. Um, I um, have not updated to that version yet. Um, oh, oh, new languages. It has helped to make options clearer to the user. Sparkle updated with the latest version of localization. It's just a lot of things. I think it's uh, it's optimized for 64-bit performance. It's ready for Mavericks, and but it does work uh, uh, backwards to Lion and Mountain Lion. Um, there are it's like a little upgrade to it, uh, the app. The app has been around a very long time, and I think it's it's pretty much time for him to revamp it. But the app delete light, just the basic version of it. If you ever used it before, that's pretty much what that that app is. Aptelete by Reggie Asperger. I use it constantly because I'm always downloading things on my on my Mac to test for my job, and um, I have to get rid of that stuff or I just won't have any space on my computer. Seven ninety nine. Okay. The app that I use on my iPad and my iPhone every single day is Downcast. I know we've talked about this before, but it's worth. It's worth repeating. They do have a Mac version. I believe it's $9.99, but I haven't downloaded that yet because pretty much when I listen to a podcast or watch a video podcast, it's either on my phone or my iPad. The iOS version is $2.99 and it is a universal, so you only have to buy it once. What I love about this is that the it's it syncs through iCloud. So if you're listening to something on your iPad and then you have to head out the door, you can pick up your phone and you can most of the time, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but most of the time it will pick up where you left off or very close to where you left off. There are some problems. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's 100% perfect. Sometimes I've found that if I listen to a podcast on my iPad and I've listened and I've deleted it, that it will still redownload on my phone. So the iCloud syncing isn't flawless, but it's it's pretty darn good. Um, one thing that I do like about it that I know Scott Wilsey from the Pocket Size podcast doesn't like about it is, and I shouldn't say it's a feature he doesn't like, it's a feature that he doesn't use, is I never listen to a podcast or watch a podcast at one speed, at the normal speed. You can listen at one and a half the speed, times the speed, two times, and three times. And I listen to a lot at two times the speed. The reason is there's some certain podcasters that talk so slowly that even at twice the speed, it's still slow. That's how <laughs> slow, I'm, I, I kid you not, that I'm, they, they just talk so slowly. And I usually have such a list to listen to and other things that I want to watch on Netflix and so forth that I just want to listen or watch and get to the next one. Now, Scott feels that when you listen anything faster than regular speed that you're missing things. And I can see where he's coming from. There are certain podcasters that I do have to listen to at maybe one and a half because I don't catch some of the things they say. But for the most part, I do hear everything. 
So that's one of the things that I like is that is being able to listen to a faster speed. I mean, that's that's not something that you have to use if you're also one of those people like Scott that wants to listen an hour podcast in one hour. That's fine. The option is there for you to change the speed. What's nice is that when you decide to subscribe to a new podcast on one device, it shows up on the other device. So you don't have to read, you know, resubscribe again. It also has a feature that you can listen to podcasts that are password protected, like Screencasts Online. In the past, you couldn't do that. But now he's changed it so that you can. What I do is I have to go to the Screencasts Online website and then he shows you how to get your how to get the podcast into Downcast. And it's just a couple of steps. It's pretty simple. And I'm sure that's the way it is for most podcasts that you might listen to that do have password protection. Just go to that particular website, find the directions, and then you can listen to it in Downcast. There are other apps out there, and I've, I haven't tried them, that are also podcast catchers. This is the one that was recommended by so many people. I downloaded it. I want to say... About two years ago, it was around this time of year. I think it's been about two years. And like I said earlier, it is a pod, It is a, an app that I use every single day because there's always something to listen to. I still get my podcasts on iTunes. I don't listen to them on iTunes, but I still get them there. And when I'm done with, uh, with Downcast, the, 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 the podcast on Downcast, I just delete it off of iTunes. So if you want to get a some sort of podcast catcher on your iOS devices, I really recommend Downcast. I don't know if I mentioned it. It's $2.99, and he's always updating. He's always doing something. And I have had issues in the past where I've, where I've emailed him for support, the uh, developer, and I've gotten a response within a few hours. So he's definitely open to, um, to feedback. And he will respond to you quickly. So I would say Downcast two ninety nine for iOS and for your iPad. Yeah, um, I I use Downcast whenever I listen to podcasts. I don't have time to do it lately. But um, I ran into that issue with uh, double speed. Um, I, I listened to the podcast in my car and I think I accidentally hit it. And I thought there was something wrong with the, <laughs> the podcast. And I just deleted them. And then one day I figured out what was going on wrong with it. And I realized that I had missed, I just stopped listening to some of the, the podcasts because it didn't happen all the time. And I think it's because it, I just would accidentally de- uh, set it back to the normal speed. But they sound like chipmunks. They were going so fast. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, how did they require that that happen? Is there something wrong with my iPod? My, my, my iPhone, I would delete it off, put it back on and... I tried another, uh, oh no, actually I tried another, uh, I went back to, what's the other one? Um, Instacast? Instacast. I think, yeah. Is it called Instacast? There's Instacast, is it Instacast and there's, I think, Pocketcast? um, I think. I haven't, I haven't used either one, so I can't speak from experience. Yeah, I think it's it's called Instacast. I I used that before I got Downcast. And um, it, uh work normally so I was like oh there's something wrong with downcast and then you mentioned downcast before and said that you could actually do that and then that's when I realized oh it's not that it's intermittently doing this no it was me hitting that button because on iPhone it's really small you can easily press that button then but that is really cool because I could 
um, make it less than an hour because my commute is less than an hour now. So I want to, I could actually listen to an entire podcast within that commute. So I like that, that feature, you know, you can always turn it off. There's nothing wrong with it. If, if it's a feature that you know, you can't disable, then I would have an issue with it. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and another thing I like is that it actually does download your, uh, podcast, um, on a regular basis, that issues with Instacast sometimes not downloading my podcast. And I'm in my car and I look and I go, oh man, uh, it's going to take forever to download it in my car. Um, and um, I would have to remember before I left the house. But Downcast, by the time I, I get up in the morning, if a new podcast is there, it's on my iPhone. So I don't have to worry about it. So Yeah, they've got the background downloading now. And then you can also change it to Wi-Fi only if you don't want to use yeah. up your 3G. Yeah, exactly. And they also support chapters. So if you're listening to a podcast that has chapters, you can easily, you know, um, Hit the, hit the fast forward button to get to the next chapter if, if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot in Downcast that I haven't even gotten into, like smart playlists and timers yeah. and uh, alarms and things like that, because that's just not how I listen. But they're there for the people who want them. Yeah, I do use the smart playlists. Yeah, yeah, I think it's cool. All right. So my next one is a, a staple for my computer um, for doing system maintenance and to check on optimizing my computer and that's Onyx it's free. Um, it's um, a good tool to use to help troubleshoot issues too, especially with your hard drive. It has some very extensive hard drive um, analysis uh, capabilities. But the first time you use it, it runs the smart status to check the status of your hard drives and any of your disks uh, to detect, detect problems. Um, and you can even repair some things on the disc on the fly without you having to, okay. Th- but be prepared to wait because that takes some time. Yeah, it takes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's quite some time. Yeah. Um, but that's not all it does. It's not just hard drive related stuff. 90% of my issues is hard drive. Uh, I don't think I've ever used any of the other features. But it allows you to do the system permissions uh, repairs, uh, browser uh, clear browser settings, you cache your passwords. It can delete applications. Um, that's something I haven't done. Uh, and it can clear user and system caches. And, and anything that you think is causing issues with slowness in your computer or, or performance issues. Um, it... Um, it also has scripts that can run on a regular basis that you can set up that, to do system maintenance on your on your computer. Um, Apple really automatically does this, but sometimes those scripts don't run. And Onyx is a good way to check to see if those scripts are actually doing what it needs to do. Um, I really like that application. It has some. It doesn't do everything that you need. It's not the one stop tool for maintenance, but. It can, I use it to make sure that Apple's uh, OS is actually doing what it needs to do. Lately, I've been having issues with my uh, my MacBook Air clocking and, you know, with the fan going. Um, and I found out there was some issue with Firefox. Um, I hadn't been using Firefox for a while, but uh, I had uh, an extension that I needed to use uh, in the browser. And I found that it was that 
Firefox, and it actually was that extension that was causing issues with my computer um, having issues. And Onyx helped uh, with that. But it does do the basic kinds of checks that you need to, to, to have done on your computer on a regular basis and takes care of that stuff, clearing out files and caches and things like that automatically that uh, you can check to make sure that that's not what's causing issues with your computer. Um, Mac, the Mac OS has gotten really good at this. I, uh, the later, uh, the previous versions of the OS, I found a lot of issues with it, not uh, keeping track of these things. And I would find um, huge files um, that should be cleared on a regular basis um, on my computer, system files, you know, caches and stuff like that, not clearing out. And of course, it, it, it's, that's because you have applications running on there that aren't, that aren't playing well, playing fine, not releasing memory, not doing what they need to do. Um, but when you reboot or when the, the computer is running on a regular basis, you don't really have to reboot. It should clear that up. And I used to use Onyx a lot. Now it looks as if the latest version of the OS Mavericks in particular, and even Mount Mine, that's not an issue anymore. Um, at least not on my MacBook Air. But Onyx is a staple. I think just have it on there is free. And it's there just in case you run into some issues that you don't understand. You can make, just make sure it's not something on the system level. That's and I definitely use it when I think I have issues with my hard drive. So, it's mm. Onyx, free. Yeah, I've been using that for a while, too. Yeah, it's by Titanium Software as a developer. Okay, the next one that I've chosen is called Pop Clip. It's $4.99, and it works with the Mac uh, Snow Leopard or Later. Some people feel that this is kind of a, I don't know if the word would be redundant, but I'll say redundant kind of an app. Because what it is, is you, I use it mostly for copying and paste. Now, obviously, you highlight your text, you can hit Command C to copy, Command V to paste, or you go up into your edit menu, and you do your copy, cut and paste. What this does is you, you just use your mouse, you highlight, and then a little a little bar will come up and it will say copy so I can hit the word copy and then when I go into another document or click my mouse somewhere else then something will come up that says paste okay I've gotten so used to doing that that way that it's it's just it's just my my muscle memory now but not only does it do that but you can add extensions to this so that right now I'm I'm highlighting a piece of of piece of copy I can look it up in Amazon. And these are extensions that you add to PopClip. So if it was a product that I saw maybe on a website, I could click the Amazon icon and it's going to bring me to that product in Amazon so I can look it up instead of me having to copy it, open up my browser, go to Amazon, and then click paste. It brings me right to Amazon. Or I can click on the email and it will put that piece of, of text into an email. Or I can click on the Evernote, and it will open it up in Evernote. Or I can click on the calendar, and it will make a calendar entry for me. There is so many extensions. There's over 90 extensions that you can add to this. And obviously, the extension will only pop up if it's applicable to what you highlighted. You can do extensions for formatting, to make the text bold or underlined or italics. You can... Um, 
change the text to capitalize or to uppercase or lowercase. You can do it Google Translate. You can take the text and make it uh, make a new note with it or a sticky or use it in Yojimbo. Make a journal entry in day one. Add a reminder. Make a new task in OmniFocus. Tweet something out. Put something on Facebook. Create an email. Search maps. Search iMessages or create iMessage. Highlight it in a PDF. Search something in Google Maps. Search for a video on YouTube. Search for something in LinkedIn. Search for music on Spotify. There's just so many different extensions that are already created and are constantly being created that you can add to your pop clip very simply. Now, like I said, this was $4.99. I bought it when it was on sale. I want to say it was either $1.99 or $2.99. And I just found that I use it every single day. And I know, like I said earlier, you can do copy-paste with, you know, control, uh, I'm sorry, command V or um, just right-clicking on your mouse. But once you start using this, you can't stop. You can't go back. So I really like it. Pop clip. My next uh, app is, um, of course, it's for the Mac OS, uh, is Disk Wave. And I uh, recommended this to a um, co-worker who has a MacBook Pro that, it, that he's using. <laughs> that um, uh, he, he kept having issues with disk space. And I was trying to show him how he could use the activity, utility, all kinds of ways of checking. Or even put up a terminal to figure it out. And he wasn't really a good candidate for using that. This this uh, little utility, all it does is check the size of your folders and subfolders. And um, and it uh, identifies, it allows you to identify those directories and stuff that, that are on your computer that you don't have any need for. Um He's doing development on his Mac, and that's the reason why he needs to constantly get rid of things. Uh, so it's free shareware, uh, actually not free. And it was just something I had on my computer for the longest looking at it, thinking about trying it out. And I suggested it to him, and he likes it. He really likes it. He actually donated money to it. Um, I uh, used it once or twice, but I really don't have a need for it. But if you are one of those kind of people who are using their Mac and, and installing a lot of utilities on your computer uh, or doing some kind of development on your Mac and you just, just don't want to deal with trying to figure out how you how to um, um, monitor your environment and to how to remove things, or you don't know how to remove uh, directories off your system, um, this is a good way to figure it out. He actually had this big, huge core dump file on his computer from uh, an error occurred and some kind of application was working and they couldn't figure out how to um, find that file quickly. He was going through and just manually looking through his directories and and using Finder. But this does it automatically. You can see what the biggest file is and what directories are on there and he can just delete them as he needs. Um, that's this way. Um, it's, a, it's shareware. Um, it works on Mountain Lion uh, and um, Mac OS 10.6 and higher. Um, it works on just about all of the, the, the 
macOS. It doesn't really say anything about uh, Mavericks, but um, he's running Mavericks, so I'm sure it was from that. Now, would that be similar to OmniDisc Squeeper? Uh, more user-friendly than Omnics, uh, than, 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 than that is. Um, it has a different um, uh, user interface, simpler. Um, uh, it, uh, it has like this directory structure, which is something that, you know, um, he was looking for. So you can just look and see the entire directory. It's almost, it pops up and almost looks like a, a finder window. window. So it, it um, makes it just easy for him to at one glance look at a directory and see the file sizes and, and, not, and pick out what he needs to get rid of. Um, it's really, really, really simple. Not, not anything really complicated. Um, and you can actually set the size of the files that you're looking for. Um, that's one of the good things, you know, so you're not looking at just a little small uh, kilobyte size files. You can actually set uh, uh, your preference of what you're looking for in the, in the like you're looking for something that's 200 megabytes and larger. Yeah, or you know, this, like this guy's looking for giga. He was looking for gigabyte size files because it was <laughs> huge files taking up his, his disk space. So. Yeah, yeah. See, I like OmniDisk Sweeper. I do too. <laughs> you know, I I like using that because then it yeah. it just shows at a glance where the big files are. I've tried using Grand Perspective or I think Daisy Disk and they are so mm-hmm. confusing. I mean, I know they show it more as a, as pictures, you know, different colors, like the red means that's your iTunes library and the blue is your iPhoto and the green is, you know, something else. It's like, it's too confusing. It yeah. it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make, I don't know, for me at least, it doesn't make any sense. The, the Omnidisc Sweeper, which is free for a Snow Leopard and above, yeah. uh, yeah, I use that probably every, I'd say maybe yeah. every two months or so. Just kind of go through mm-hmm. and say, I don't need that anymore, and it deletes there right for you. So yeah. you, you know, yeah. it, which is nice. He, so that, you actually wanted to be able to have more manual control. These guys are Windows person. They they like things to be, you know, more complicated than they need to be. <laughs> he actually <laughs> wanted it to look like. You know, a directory structure. I don't know why he just felt comfortable with that. And I said, well, I, was, uh, I remember this. And I said, yeah, it works for him. You know, I generally don't do that. I'm a Unix person, so I go on the terminal and I do it the hard way. You know, I got yeah. a script that runs and finds what I need to find. And I'm just comfortable with that. And he's comfortable yeah. with the Windows kind of directory structure kind of thing. And so... Yeah, you know, he's, he's. I think he's start, starting to like Mac more, but he's not quite there yet. He, he's not quite comfortable with um, user interfaces uh, uh, that are user friendly. Front end, yeah. He, <laughs> no, there are people who who don't. They think that that user interface may not be doing what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. It, it, that it's missing stuff. They need. They right. don't believe it's actually working. They want to see physical things. And that's as physical as can be to him to see this directory structure that he's comfortable with. So mm-hmm. um, it, this is simple. It's, it's uh, shareware if you really love it. Donate money to it like he did. Um, but um, I think Finder does it too. But he didn't like Finder. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, that's why they have so many options of this that do the same thing. Yeah. Some people like yeah. A, some people like B. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot of development on Macs now, and so a lot of the the apps that I use 
are for that these, these kind of purposes and I'm encountering a lot of developers who really don't like the Mac OS interface. So, Well, speaking of something that some people, you know, some people like the A, some people like B, I love reminders that comes free on your uh, Mac once. Uh, I love it too. Yeah, it, it comes, yeah. it's free on your Mac. It's free on your iOS devo- devices. I use reminders all the time. And it's also great for making lists. I've found that I have downloaded so many different to-do apps and list apps. Some were free, some were paid for, and I ended up deleting all of them. Some of them had uh, documentation that I'd get through two pages and say, that's it, I'm done. This is ridiculous. This is all I want to do is just make a list or remind myself, don't forget to do, you know, call the doctor tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't need all this put it over in this folder, and then hook it up to that project. I don't need all that. So for me, now I know everybody has different needs, but for me, Reminders does everything I needed to do. I have different lists made up. I have a list of possible gift ideas for the future. I have a list of books that I might want to read one day. Uh, I, I haven't done this yet, but I have to make a list for a packing list. Because when I went to Florida few, back in October, I can't believe how many things I forgot to bring with me just silly things. And I, so I'm going to make up a list. And the thing that's that's nice is, well, the one thing I, I wish it had was folders so that I could say, you know, packing list for the beach, packing list if you're skiing, a packing list if you're uh, doing a business trip, packing list for your kids, and you could just put it all in one folder. They don't have that ability. But what's nice about making a list is that as you pack your things, in my example, I can just, you know, click on it and it disappears. But then when I get back from the trip, at the bottom of the page, I would just hit show deleted. I'm sorry, show completed. They all pop back up again, and then I can just uncheck them, and there's my list ready for the next time I I travel. So for me, that's great. So I just love the reminders, and I use it. I use it for this for this uh, recording. I'll put in a, a, a reminder. You know, five minutes. You're recording. Little little pop-up comes up. I'm like, oh, okay. If I have to, I forget to do things like if I need to call the doctor tomorrow to make an appointment, I'll forget. So I put in, you know, call doctor tomorrow. And what I do is I'll put in, say, 9 o'clock. Because if it's not something that has to be done at a certain time, if I don't do it till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that's okay. But what I love what that Rinders does now is they have the snooze button. With the new iteration, I was like so happy to see that because, like I said, it pops up at nine o'clock, but maybe I'm in the middle of something else. I can just hit the snooze button and then a few minutes later it pops back up and it keeps annoying me all day until I finally do that, that item. And then I can go, done. And I can always look back because I kept them all. I don't delete anything. So I can always look back and see, when did I do that or kind of a little bit of history of my life. Just yeah. the little things that make me happy. Yeah. So I love I, I, reminders. I do too. I use it uh, when I'm commuting into work on Monday. I, I'm still driving in when we have our uh, staff meeting and it'll pop up and remind me, uh, I hear this beep and I go, what's the beep? What is that? Oh, oh, my, I, let me call in so I can yeah, join a conference call. So, and I also use it every night to, I, I use um, Siri uh, and ask Siri to set up a reminder to wake me up at 6.30 a.m. Um, and it pops up and starts my alarm. 
Uh, another way I use it is I create a list and I'll tell Siri to remind me to get milk, such and such and such and such or whatever, when I go to Safeway. And when I get to Safeway, beep, there's the reminder. It, it used the location so they know where you are and it'll pop up and there's my grocery list. Um, so because I'm famous for going to the store. Oh, I got to go to the store and I just walk around and do won't pull the phone out to look at the list at all because I think I know what I need. Mm -hmm. No. Um, when that, that beep reminds me, you're not as smart as you think you are. So I look at it to <laughs> confirm if I remember and half the stuff on there, I didn't remember. <laughs> right. I do the same so, thing. Yeah. If it's not yeah, written down, it. if it's not written down, it's gone. Yeah. I just like, uh, the interface with Siri and they need to do more. Um, but, um, it's pretty cool. I, I like it. It's, 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 um, it's ready for prime time now, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, it, it syncs. Yeah. I, I was playing with it. It syncs immediately. If I make a reminder yeah, on my on my MacBook Pro and then I look at my iPad, it's already there. The other thing it does that I yeah. like is it integrates mm -hmm. with Fantastical. So when I, look at my when I look at my Fantastical calendar, I can see any reminders oh, that are listed. Okay. Plus, I also have reminders. There's certain bills that I just get emails for. It'll say, your bill is mm -hmm. ready. And then I go online, like my cell phone bill, and I go online mm -hmm. to pay it. So mm -hmm. there was a time when they weren't sending me bills consistently, and I'd go, oh, my God, I didn't pay my cell bill. And I'd look mm -hmm. it up and realize that it was due in about three days. Mm -hmm. So now I have reminders on certain dates, and I have it set up every month, remind me to pay this bill. And then what I do is I can just look to make sure that it came in my email, and then once it's paid, I can click the reminder, and then it just goes to the next month. So I never have to worry or just manually put in each month, pay cell phone bill, pay cell yeah. phone bill. It just pops right up. A continuous – I already have a setting in for 2015, a reminder – for 2015, mm -hmm. <laughs> for something that I uh, bought, and at after three years, I have to renew. I don't want it to automatically renew. So, yeah. you know, just to remind me to to look it up and look up the prices and whatnot for two thousand for 2015. Yeah. yeah, and it's free, and it comes with your device, and it's so easy. Yes, it is. It does. I mean, yeah, it, it's you can't beat free. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my my next one is um, coconut battery. I was having issues with battery. Well, my sister was having issues with battery on her MacBook Pro that I gave her uh, years ago. Um, it's a 2007 MacBook Pro. And I remember I had coconut battery installed on that. And it actually gave me a lot more information than you get with the battery um, uh, utility that you have in your um, Mac. Um, menu bar. It tells you the current charge uh, of your battery. Um, that's a milliamps per hour. Um, it tells you the maximum charge that, that your battery can be charged with. And that's interesting thing. And it gives you this little bar which takes the current and the maximum to figure out uh, what your capacity is. And currently, my battery capacity is only 32%, even though it says 100% at the top. So that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> um, and then not only that, it tells you what the, uh, the, the maximum charge that you can get on your uh, 
battery. In mine, I can only get up to 82%. Um, this all has to do with the number of load cycles that your battery has gone through from zero to 100%. Um, my, my Mac is only 18 months old. I really don't use the battery that often, but um, I, my battery load cycles, the number of times that it's been charged from zero to 100%, Six hundred and eighty-three times. Hmm. So I'm like, oh my God, that's a lot. Uh, and I've only had it eighteen months, and I rarely use it without being charged, uh, uh, connected to a power out uh, outlet. Um, it also tells you the temperature of the battery, which is very, very, very important. Uh, if you leave it in the heat and you don't realize that, hey, your your battery is at uh, you know one hundred and fifty degrees, you know, and that's the reason why it's smoking or something's a plastic is burning in your your computer and uh finally it tells you the battery power usage uh it tells that's internal power information and it capitalizes the current power based on the consumption of your macbook um i don't really know what that means but it's in watts and um um it's, it's useful information if you think you have issues with your battery you can also determine if it's time for you to service your battery Servicing means get a new battery. <laughs> I don't know why they say service your battery. It means replace it. And I have a MacBook Air, so it's not a matter of me going and just popping it out. I would have to actually go in and have some genius or somebody take care of it. So those inf that information is very, very important. Um, and it was very helpful for my sister um, when she saw that her max capacity was like at... Um, 15% her battery was dead um, and it was actually sort of the guy looked at it and said oh this, this is bubbling up it was a little disconnecting um, um, something that happened for battery and uh, maybe she put it in a wrong uh, outlet or something and shorted or something but the battery was sort of dangerous to use and so we got to that point where we had to really replace that and, Recycle that battery because it was going to be probably would have ruined um, electronics in her computer. So it's very important to keep track of that information. And it's a good thing to know when you go in that, yeah, there's a battery and be prepared to buy a new battery. These batteries aren't cheap. So, um, and you can sort of keep an eye on it and determine if you need to possibly, um, because going from zero to 100%, zero percent to 100% is important to the life of the battery too. And that determines. That can uh, determine how uh, what the capacity of your battery can be. If you never go from zero to hundred, or you're always at hundred percent, like I'm always practically at hundred percent. I think that has to do with the fact that my uh, the charge is only the maximum charge is like eighty two percent now instead of you know hundred. It drips after a while because uh, that's batteries aren't meant to last forever. But um, it also tells you what which really was useful was the age of my Mac, you know, how old it was. Um, and that that was really interesting. I was like, ah, it's 18 months old? I thought I bought this thing. But it has nothing to do with when you bought it. It's the, the model of your Mac and when it was built. My model MacBook is 5.1, and it was built. And so it's 18 months ago. It's that model. Um, so it's free. Shareware, actually, not free. Uh, and it, you can find it at coconut-flavor.com. It's, it's coconut battery. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Now, the, the last thing you have listed, Vicky, is something that you and I use all the time. Yep. Especially for this podcast. Yep. Dropbox. 
Yay! <laughs> we'll discuss that one. <laughs> How do you use you? You definitely use it for our, our podcast, right? Yeah, we use it to share files back and forth and to send the finished podcast to Tim so he can upload it into the network. They give you, I forget, I have, let me check my Dropbox. I think I've got seven, I have 7.8 gigabytes of space. And right now it says I've used 27.5%. Um, I think that was, was it two gigs they give you to start? Um, I think it's two gigs they give you. And then yeah. if you get people to sign up through, you know, if you send out a recommendation to someone and they sign up or an invitation, they'll give mm-hmm. you a certain amount of space for free and then there was one time if I uploaded some pictures, that's where I got most of the space. If I uploaded pictures to the Dropbox, I would get some space. But I use this, I keep a copy of all of my articles that I've written for my Mac are up in the Dropbox. So I have a copy up there in addition to, you know, time machine backups and so forth. The uh, When we went to Macworld earlier this year, we were able to keep in touch with each other about what who who was which one of us was going to see from my Mac, who was going to interview this person and talk to this company. So that was in a shared Dropbox file so that nobody stepped on anybody else's toes or got confused. It's great to share files with other people. If something is too big for email, put it in the Dropbox, the other person grabs it, done. There's no reason not to have Dropbox. In this world where I'm using my Mac to access a work laptop, um, it's huge. It's a mammoth-sized laptop that I don't carry. I just leave it as a desktop at work. And sometimes I need to have those files on that computer. And I can remote desktop into that computer, and I can go to Dropbox, grab files, and go back and forth. Um, uh, it is really cool. Uh, when I was in school, I used it constantly to share files with people and to store uh, information on, on um, uh, that, that, that I need access to once I got to school. Um, like you said before, we kept track of our Mac world interviews and things uh, using Dropbox. I still have this. I'm looking at it right now. I see it. I still have it. I probably could get rid of this stuff. <laughs> Mac world 2013 stuff. I know. I, I mean, still have it's it It's taking too. up a lot of space. Um, but yeah, and you can, um, let me go to the, their get started. I, I, um, I think you start with, they have a plan, a plan. Um, I think, um, for $9.99, I think you can get a hundred gigabytes. Um, it's $9.99 a month. Um, it's really, it's really, that's a lot, a hundred gigabytes. Yeah, I and mean, that's um, that's for someone who wants to back up maybe their photo library or something. Yeah, in case they don't want to do it locally, or they want to do it in addition to locally. Mm-hmm. And though they've had issues, though they've had issues with like pass people, you know, compromising their passwords and stuff like that. All sites have had issues with that. I've never lost a file in Dropbox. No, I haven't Ever either. Had anything lost? I haven't either. Yeah. One th- one th- yeah. one thing I used I would do with Dropbox is. If I had a PDF that I wanted to get into iBooks or a PDF reader on my iPad, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I just couldn't get yes. iTunes to accept it properly. So I found yeah. the easiest thing to do was throw the file in Dropbox, open it on my iPad, click, and it would say, "Open in, open it in iBooks." Done. 
And it would be a a matter of seconds instead of fighting with iTunes, trying to get it to accept that PDF, like just put it in Dropbox. The biggest criticism someone can have about your app is that it doesn't integrate with Dropbox. Every app that's worth having that uses files should integrate with Dropbox or say any other more other more popular cloud services. Dropbox is the most popular. If you don't, yeah, just it just doesn't make sense for you not to. But even then, you can still get it on your device and then open it with the app. Uh, But Mm -hmm. integration, for instance. My my one password. Account. I was gonna say my one password is with yes. Dropbox. Yes, yes. When they had when they did that, it was a game changer for me. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't take this off any of my devices because it doesn't make sense not to. It's there. It works, and I don't even have to worry about it anymore. Syncing you know, the the information and everything that was such a pain to have to wirelessly connect to to make sure that. All your passwords across all your devices, and that sort of did make sense. And Dropbox made it just so complete. If you don't have Dropbox, or uh, and not only that, it's so easy to use. The interface is so simple. I mean, it's not complicated. You log into your account, you see your directories, you see everything, mm-hmm. all your folders and everything, um, and you can log in from any place. I uh, there are some companies that block Dropbox. You know, and that's a company I used to work at, and I'm, I'm so happy now. I work at a place that I can just use any kind of uh, uh, software that I need, and um, it's making life easier for you. You don't have to worry about okay, I can't get this file on here. Let me walk across and use a USB key, which is even more insecure than being able to get to a cloud service that you have to authenticate to get into. So, what was nice at MacWorld is we would do our interviews. And I used my, my iPhone, and of course, you only have so much room, so I could take that interview, put it into Dropbox to get it off my phone. Yeah. And then when yeah. I needed it, I could just access it. And if I needed to share it with you, like when, when we were doing interviews and we were giving them to Guy Searle for the My Mac podcast, throw yeah. it in the Mac, you know, throw, the, throw our interview into the shared folder, and then he could just grab it, bring it to his computer, and put it into the, into the podcast. And meanwhile, yeah, and we still had our copies that we could do what we needed to do for, you know, with, with Three Geeky Ladies or with my Mac or the written copy, whatever we needed to do. We still had our copy. Yeah. And it, was, it, it worked yeah. out really, really well. It's like, like I said before, there's no reason not to. Yeah, yeah. And you using video files or any audio files, they can quickly take up your space on your computer. Um, you can also get extra space by referring your friends and um, most mm-hmm. I I, I, have, I don't have a paid account. I got all my space from going on to Facebook, sharing, um, right, um, on tweeting, a friend signing up. All my family members I got Dropbox accounts for, and, and um, it's you know I, I'm thinking about now now that we, I talked about the hundred gigabytes, I could put my audio files there. Um, I have tons of music that I could probably back up there too, um, but I don't know. I have to think about it. Um, it's worth it. Yeah, I'm telling you that is, because it's reliable cloud storage. So, Dropbox.com. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty much all we've got for today. As I said earlier, the at the top of the show, this will be our last recording for 2013. So. Whatever you celebrate, we hope you have a wonderful holiday season. We will see you again in 2014. 
please join the Three Geeky Ladies Google Plus community or our Facebook page. Everything is in the show notes, which you can be found at threegeekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. And until 2014, happy holidays, happy new year, and we will see you next time. See you next year. think about becoming a podcaster thinking wow you know that's probably way too hard well we have a solution the stoplight network is looking for brand new shows to join the network won't cost you a dime in fact you might actually make some money off of it so if you've always wanted to podcast and it seemed way too daunting drop me a line my name is tim robertson i am the host of tech fan I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for primetime. time.